Do you struggle with finding what truly makes you happy, wondering what your purpose is, or maybe you're in the midst of pain and aren't sure how to make sense of it? If that sounds like you, then you're going to want to stick around. Finding purpose, even in the midst of pain, is something that I've walked through a few times over. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it means it's doable. And today I'm chatting about that very thing with my friend Amber, a mom of six, just like me. She's got wildly successful business ventures, but really she has walked through some incredibly painful times in her and her family's lives. Not only did she not let those pain points take her down, but she found purpose and joy through it. So let's get to it. You're listening to Radiant Womanhood, the podcast for multi-passionate women who are ready to shake off their limitations, dream big, and live fully. I'm Tabitha Blue, a wife, mom of six, author, life coach, and entrepreneur, and I know firsthand the challenges women can experience when it comes to balancing life's demands, staying true to yourself, and navigating the many curveballs life can throw. And guess what? I'm obsessed with helping you navigate all the crazy seasons of this thing called life with confidence and grace. Join me each week as I delve into topics from habit making to goal setting, career balancing to relationship nurturing, and everything in between, helping you get out of your own way and embody the radiance within. So grab your headphones, shut out the distractions, and get ready to shine. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Radiant Womanhood. You guys, I am so excited for today. I am bringing a friend of mine and special guest on. Her name is Amber, and she is not your typical entrepreneur. She is, I have to say, I think a force of nature. She is a multi-passionate powerhouse, a devoted mother of six amazing children through both birth and adoption. Amber launched her first business and welcomed her first child into the world all by the young age of 20. And since then, along with her husband, they've built an impressive empire of six successful businesses. Is it still six? Are you guys on like, no, it's six. Yeah, it's six. Okay. (laughs) So many. But all in all, proving that age is just a number when it comes to chasing your dreams. Because just hearing her talk, like they are just launching new things and... It's amazing. So there's so much more to Amber, though, than just entrepreneurial wins. She's on a mission to create unforgettable memories with her family and inspire others to do the same. But what I really love about Amber is she generously shares her wealth of knowledge and wisdom with other moms. So you can find her on globalmunchkins.com and also on their social media. And there you can just see their whole family, their infectious energy and authentic storytelling. I'm telling you, it will brighten your day. And then something personal that I just have to share about Amber. (laughs) We actually met. So I had memories come up yesterday, actually. And it was five years ago this week, Amber, that we were meeting Oprah together. And we just had a connection then. Since then, really, we've lived through some big losses together and have been able to encourage each other through having babies, through all of these different changes. And I feel like there's this strange, almost like parallel a little bit that we've been living on in our lives. But what I love about it is we're able to encourage each other. And that's why I say that she shares generously. Like she shares tips. She shares from her wealth of knowledge. And I'm telling you guys, she is a wealth of knowledge. So I am really excited to have her on the podcast today. My goodness, that was like such a big intro. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am. Okay, so you guys buckle up and listen because Amber, I know that you have a lot to share. So I want to kind of dive right in, but I do want to give everyone a little bit of a backstory and to be able to hear a little bit more about you and your story. 
I know we've mentioned successful businesses, but even in that, can you just give us a little bit of information about yourself or your family and kind of how you and your husband started? Yeah, we started really young. We met really young. We had, you know, my first son, I was 20 years old. Mike was 25, got married really young. And then we experienced loss really young. So we lost my husband's mom to ALS right after we got married. And that shakes you when you lose a parent or a parent figure in your life. And so young. So young. I think it just, it really made us realize that like there was no guarantees in life. Like, Mm -hmm. and it really put priorities straight. And we were like, it's our family. Like our family is going to come first. We're going to do whatever we can to spend as much time as we can with our family. And so then we started the idea of like building businesses together so that we could have more freedom in our schedule and flexibility with, we always wanted a big family and we knew that. And so from there, like that's where things started. We had different like local marketing businesses that we ran. You know, they weren't amazing at first. It's not like we were bringing in a ton of money or we're like in the position that we are in now by any means, but we did have the freedom to be with our kids. And we started traveling a lot. We bought like Disney Vacation Club and it was like, my dad worked for Disney. We got a discount. So it's like we, we were like scrounging any discounts we could get to get somewhere special to create memories with the kids. And I think that's where things started. I don't know how far you want me to go. I'm like, (laughs) talking and talking, but that's where it started. Yeah, I love that. I don't think a lot of young people have their head on their shoulders in the way that you guys did to say, our family is important. And what's important to us is freedom, time freedom, to be able to do like what we want, follow our passions, but also really spend time with family. I think a lot of times that's something that comes later. And so I think it's really impressive that you guys started that way a little bit. And I think that's why really the content that you share is so relatable because it is your family doing life together. But yet you can see all of these successful ventures, you know, that businesses that you're opening and, and different income streams. Sure. But really it does look like your passions, at least from the outside. It seems like I'm passionate about this. And you've kind of turned that passion into a profit, <laughs> you know, in different ways. Yeah. And I've even seen your kids do that now, which is amazing. Yeah. So how do you kind of navigate that transition from pursuing those passions, like pursuing that time with your family or pursuing the different things that you guys have had and hobbies almost, I guess, maybe you could consider it hobbies, but into building those successful businesses. For us, I think it's always looking at like what's missing, like for us as a consumer, what's missing or like, how can we help somebody? You know what I mean? It's an amazing thing to be able to help people and make money from helping people get what they want. It's not impossible when you really like look at life and you think about, you know, for us, it was travel. Like what's missing? What do people need? Okay, families like us, like nobody's telling us exactly how to do it or like how to do it with this many kids, you know, like large family. There wasn't a lot of information about that, especially when we started because, you know, my oldest is 21 years old. So we've been traveling with kids for 21 years. And in the beginning, people were like, oh, it's stupid to travel with kids. They're never going to remember it. And you know, I'm like, I just want to laugh because I'm like, oh my God, it changed all of our lives, like the way that we yes. did. And then travel became so much more important when we adopted our son and he ended up being about four years old and he was not bonded into the family. We missed four really important years mm-hmm. of like, contact with a baby, like meeting his needs, like none of that happens. So we didn't have anything, you know? And so travel became a way to bond because we'd face fears together and we just, mm-hmm. it was just us. Like we had to count on each other. So like for us, it was like travel was our passion. We looked into travel and then we just tried to find ways to share our knowledge and 
I mean, I want to say thankfully, and I want to be like, oh, it was lucky that that happened, that it turned into profit. But I think there was some thought behind that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's hard work, I'm sure, too. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen that meme where I think someone says something like, you're so lucky, but then they cross out the lucky and put it in hardworking. (laughs) You know, like, look at her. She's so like, oh, wait, she worked hard to get where she was. And And I do find that about you. It's the hard work comes like kind of in with the passion or in with the things that that your whole family really is for sure is passionate about. I call it like my passion bucket. And I always like try to tell people when we started businesses, like our first businesses weren't so like super aligned with passion. Mm-hmm. Those were more about how can we make money, like finding a business that seemed like we could like do something like replicate it, but do it better in our own area. And like, that's how we got started. But then as we've grown, we've had a little bit more financial flexibility to then be able mm-hmm. to a little bit more. That's you really know? good. Sometimes kind of a side note on that, because I love that you brought that out. There's been times when I'm talking with people and they've kind of brought that out. Well, there's this opportunity. And I'm not saying that we say, yes, we shouldn't say yes to every opportunity. But there are times that I've encouraged people, if this thing isn't fully your passion, is it an opportunity to fund your passion? And I think that sometimes we can overlook opportunities that might be good for us in the sense of, this is still can give me the time freedom and the financial freedom or the funding to fund this passion of mine, even though it might not completely fully align yet. Right. And that's so it. I think that that's what gets missed on social media is you could look at my feed now and it looks, you know, you can make assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. How, how I got there. But the truth is it took, you know, a ton of work and it took you know, like, oh, some risk. And I didn't make money at all. Like this was a side hustle. Like this was a hobby for years before I made a dime. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's easy to look back and say now like, oh, okay, like that's it. Like sometimes it's going to be okay for you. Exactly like you said, like to take the thing that's going to make the money now so mm-hmm. that you can, you know, fund that and have the future later. Because now I'm living that dream, right? And it's only possible because I put in the work, you know, you're- right. And kind of like that in those early years or like walking in the direction of the dream and goal, even if it wasn't completely fully in the dream or goal yet. What would you say to listeners maybe that are like, okay, but maybe I'm doing something I don't love. How do I? So I had had a comment come up not too long ago that was just kind of like, okay, but how do I find my thing? <laughs> how do I figure out what I'm passionate about? Or how do I figure out what this next thing should even be? What would you say to someone who's right now? I've got a good one. This is, you know, we both were ambassadors for Oprah Magazine. And one of the things I wrote in to become an ambassador was I was lost and I didn't know what brought me joy. You kind of lose that sometimes in motherhood. I try to tell mm-hmm. them to do that now. Like I really poured myself into just. Which side note, that question came from a mom. So yes, exactly. We do. <laughs> we do that. And so I was on an airplane and I was reading a magazine and it talked about finding joy. And it was this thing that Oprah Magazine had put together and it was like a little quiz, you know, like a BuzzFeed quiz or something you would do. But it was basically like, what did you do as a child that brought you joy? And then, you know, so I did that whole quiz. And I think that that's one piece of it. It's like, what just brings you joy? And what used to bring you joy, if you can't remember now, what used to? And are you adding that back into your life? And then looking at like, what did people come to you for? Like Mm -hmm. my friends came to me for travel. My friends came to me wondering, how did you get that great deal you got at Alani? Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's what people were coming to me for, that and parenting advice. So it would make sense if I could find a way to create a business out of what people already assume is my natural talent 
Mm -hmm. Like a good avenue. And I think if you can marry those two things, like what brings you joy and what you're naturally good at, I think that's like bread and butter. Right. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I know there's been times that we've talked about just in our lives together, some of the things that we've, the challenges that we've faced or some of the obstacles that have come up. And really, I feel like when you're an entrepreneur living, I mean, really, I think anyone, it can happen in both family life and business. And whichever one it it happens in, it still affects both. Like if we have pain or a challenge or an obstacle in our family life, it still affects like my business side and my family side. And the other way too, you know, with our businesses, when, you know, if there's a challenge, an obstacle to overcome, it can affect our family life and our business life. So I know that there's been some of those things that you've walked through and just kind of wanted to ask, what were some of the things that you did to get through those or even the catalyst that helped you transform maybe the pain of it into purpose? Yeah. I mean, my biggest one, and I know that we've talked about it before, is my adopted son. We thought he was two when we adopted him. He was close to the age of four. He was from Ethiopia and was very malnourished. And he was had experienced a lot more trauma than we had ever mm-hmm. imagined going in. And looking back now, I realize how ignorant that was. But also the training you get as a prospective adoptive parent, I don't think is nearly enough to equip you for what you could get. To the point that, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, but he was diagnosed with RAD, which is reactive attachment disorder. That means that they can't attach. They cannot form relationships. So Mm -hmm. they painted a picture of a child that would never know love, never have friends, could be dangerous. They talked about rehoming, which means finding a new family for him that maybe didn't have siblings. They talked about him being a danger to his siblings. And you know my son, like, go on our social media for like two seconds. Right. He is the sweetest. He is most amazing child. Yes. He's anyone excluded in any situation, and he will make them feel so much love. Like, he is a walking miracle. He's amazing. That, for sure, is the most challenging time of my life because it taught me that, one, for me, you know, everybody's got a different source, and I don't care what that is for you. For me, it was God it really broke me down completely to to realize that I needed to rely on that and grow my faith. And also the idea of being really honest and asking for help from mm-hmm. everyone. It took, to get him where he is today, it took, you know, asking every family member, every teacher, every coach, every, anyone who could offer us help. You know what I mean? And that's a very raw thing to do. You have to completely put your ego aside and say, you know, I had raised three kids by the time we had him. I thought I was a really good mom. And I it really made me realize that I am a good mom, but I can't give him everything he needs and I'm going to need mm. him. And I think that learning that has helped me in so many ways in life. And not only me, but helped my children. They watched us walk through that challenge mm-hmm. and they saw us get to the other side. You know what I mean? And they we had to make do with business, even though we were going through everything. Right. Or you stop the mm-hmm. show up and not let that reflect, you know what I mean, to your customer. Right. Like you kind of just do. Yeah. But yeah. I like learning to rely on help and saying, I need help. It's like mm-hmm. so basic, but it's like, it can be profound. But it's huge. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, I mean, even from what I'm hearing you saying, I mean, it's humbling too. And I think just being able to humble <laughs> ourselves yeah. To say, I can't do this on my own. Like there comes a time when we need help to walk through that. And I think it taught me a lot about community, which I think is reflected now in what I do. I think like Mm. usually things I hear from people are authenticity and community Mm -hmm. in what we do. And I would say that a lot of that stems from what I learned then. Mm, That's good. Right. Yeah. 
or even kind of seeing all of those things in a way to shift your mindset, because really that's what it sounds like it did. I mean, I, I think you're an incredible mom and I didn't know you back then, but I have to assume, I think that you probably were, (laughs) but you walked through something traumatic that still shifted your mindset and allowed you to kind of stretch and grow maybe beyond what you thought that you were capable of. Oh, thousand percent. But you did it. (laughs) And that's what's beautiful about it is you did it. Yeah. And once you get through it, other things seem a lot smaller. You know what I mean? Once you get to the other side, when you finally do. As an entrepreneur and a mom of six, my mornings start quick and early. But I've learned that what I consume in the morning really sets the tone for my day. And yes, I am talking about saving the scrolling for later in the day. But I'm also talking about a healthy morning latte for heightened focus and smooth, long-lasting energy. It can seem overwhelming with endless options when it comes to choosing your daily bevs. So why not fuel your mind while you fuel your body, while you skip the jitters and afternoon crash? I've been using Clever Superfood Latte Blends this past year as I made adjustments to focus on my health, and I am not turning back. Each Clever Blend contains three powerful adaptogens, 500 million heat-safe probiotics, and healthy superfoods wrapped up in a decadent oat milk latte. Just add water, froth, and voila! A couple of my faves are the mocha and chai, but there are many delicious ones to choose from. So go to cleverblends.com and use my code FRESHMOMMY15 for a discount just for you. That's C-L-E-V-R-B-L-E-N-D-S.com and code FRESHMOMMY15. Did you find that you had to kind of reframe the narrative around like that trauma or that pain that you walked through? A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, it's so much mindset work and the understanding that like that all that vulnerability that I used to be like scared of or, you know, you don't want to feel shame when you share something like that. Like it's completely gone. Like I realize now like vulnerability is like a superpower, you know, it just connects us to other humans, which is like everything in business is like no trust. Right. Right. Yes. Somebody regardless of your business, you're going to be better off. Which even so, I mean, and I think we hear it, but it doesn't mean that vulnerability is easy. No, sometimes I mean, it's the more uncomfortable road, but yet sometimes like letting ourselves get uncomfortable from it is what allows us to actually be comfortable with who we are. Exactly. It just takes those uncomfortable steps to get there first. (laughs) Like it's so uncomfortable. I mean, it's like I'm 42. It has taken me, you know, and I've had to do it multiple times and I'm humbled all the time, but it's like on the other side of it, you're so much stronger you know, you have so much more knowledge and you're in such a better place, like in your mind. And that becomes magnetic too. like people feel. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, that's true. It really does. Well, because people can see, okay, she's walking through it or she has walked through it. And I mean, that's what I mentioned about you at the beginning. You share generously, like you don't hold back and it does attract people to you because they're saying, okay, for one, I think what she's sharing could help me Two, It gives me hope that someone is walking through this and I can too. Right. And that's all I wanted. When we were in that place, I remember looking for help. Like we asked, we were flying to different professionals. We were asking, Mm -hmm. you know, attachment therapists and other adoptive parents, and we were getting no hope. So I think my biggest goal is if I can give anyone hope and Mm -hmm. either building a business or parenting or adoption or, you know, relationships with a child, like that's my life's mission. Like just give one person hope. You know, yes. I mean, girl, we talked about it. That's what I feel about this podcast. <laughs> if I can help, I don't even care at this moment about the number. Like, so I was telling you earlier, like, yeah. that wasn't a goal for me. It's if I can help someone that I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 
Right. It's exactly it. And I think when you go into business with that type of passion, you're not going to lose. Because one, if you're on a mission and you know what your why is. Right. Exactly. Business is persistence. Like so many people start what we're doing, whether it's creator business or whether it's, you know, the travel agency, whatever it is. And they stop like right before Mm, the breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm no better. Like, I just am really strong willed and persistent. Yeah. Determination. Like, not going to stop me. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that's, I think, any entrepreneur, that's what you need to have. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to pivot and be flexible. Like, nothing's going to go according to plan, right? In business. Right. Even the most well laid out plans, the vision boarding, the goals, all of the things, there are still going to be pain points, hiccups in life and in business, things that are really, flipping hard. (laughs) And like you said, the ability to say, okay, this, we can pivot, we can persist and continue on. I think like you nailed it when you said the why, I think that's a really huge part of it because without that, it's a lot easier. And even like we're talking about earlier, being uncomfortable, it's a lot easier to say, okay, I'll just stop or I'll just give up. But if there's a why or a passion behind it, okay, that gives me hope or at least determination to keep moving forward. 100%. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I mean, how do you think that other people can kind of explore or discover maybe what their purpose is or what their why is if they're still walking maybe in that hard time or through that pain point or painful moment? Do you have any advice on kind of how to discover that? I do think it's like being quiet with yourself. I think a lot of times we seek like outside sources to like tell Mm -hmm. us, you know, like, what should I do? Like, I could ask you, what exactly should I do with my podcast if I'm going to start a podcast? But the truth is, like, what works for you and what works for me could be wildly different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially as women, we're super intuitive. And if you could just get quiet and, like, really work on, like, believing in yourself. Like, for me, it started with affirmations. I have, like, a journaling technique now that I keep doing. Because the quieter I am with myself, it seems like the more that just comes out that, like, Mm -hmm. I maybe already know the answer. Right. That's good. And I think, I mean, that, again, that just goes back to being uncomfortable because I think for the most part, being quiet is uncomfortable. (laughs) Uncomfortable. Like I was not on it. Yeah, for sure. And and almost like being scared of what's inside, what's going to come out. And I think that also speaks to that vulnerability as well. I mean, I would go as far as to recommend, yes, the journaling and getting like, sometimes just dumping or getting it out, whether it's something you would be embarrassed to say out loud or not, like something you don't want to admit to yourself or not, like just start getting it out, being quiet with yourself and letting those thoughts come because I find that that's also where creativity comes from. Like all of these different things that do allow us the sense to kind of explore and discover like what could my purpose be maybe in or outside of this pain or in or outside of whatever I'm going through or or just even in life in general. Right. And I think it's okay not to know, like even as many businesses as I've had, like I've been doing this for 10 years, like with Global Munchkins, it's been 10 years. After I had Jack and after COVID, like I lost the passion, like I it kind of crept away, you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. happens. And it took like two years of like sitting and being quiet and journaling and reading and you know what I mean? To like try to figure out like what it was again and like reignite it. So I think that it's important to know that like just because you have it doesn't mean it'll always be there. Like it's something you're going to always have to work on. Yeah. Or I think even that like things change or our, our desires or even as our family grows or business grows or just this world 
changes, I mean, the the structure of our businesses or the ways that we are able to help people or give of ourselves changes. And so sometimes it could just be almost like getting stuck in what you're doing. Yep. And like you said, you could still continue doing it for a season, even if you're like, okay, but, but I've changed or my passions have changed. It's not, I don't feel the same about it. So it would tend to almost feel like, well, now I'm just kind of going in circles because like, I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over. And I mean, to me, that has that feeling of like stuckness, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Right. And it becomes work instead of it being passion filled or passion driven. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that's what makes you successful in the businesses that you've had is, like I said, I feel like at least from watching you go through the different businesses or with the things that you share, there is a passion behind it or a desire to help people through it. And I mean, even from helping families with travel, there's a passion behind it because I want you to have these memories and these bonding times like we did. Right. And that's something that drew me to you because I have a big family and kind of the same thing. Like I love traveling and adventuring before kids. I'm like, but I don't want that to stop. And a lot of people said that, well, you're not going to be able to do that once you have kids. You should travel now because you can't, you know, but that's something that was magnetic about you to me. Like I was drawn to that because yes, (laughs) you can do this thing. And there's so much value to it, so much beauty in it, like just even exposing them to different cultures and sites and things opening up their imagination. And it's beautiful kind of seeing that through them. Right. And that's what's neat about when you share those different things is I can see the passion behind it. And that also was like hope filled for a mom that wasn't sure how, like how that would all play out. (laughs) Right. How will that happen? Media, right? That you can like watch somebody. Like, I think that's the coolest thing. Like, I still do that now. Like, watch somebody where I'm like, oh, that's so cool that they live life like that. Like, oh, I want to like embody some of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's you can draw inspiration like that just from like sharing whatever our lives are. Right. Even if it looks different to me, like, but there still is hope and inspiration in that. And I hope that's something that even like through this, through our conversation, that people that are listening are able to see okay, my story might look different. I might not have six kids like they both do because they're just crazy and like to have big, loud houses and families. And that's okay. <laughs> fine. But even the the kind of the words underneath it of saying, mm-hmm. find those things that you are passionate about. Or like you mentioned, the things that people are looking to you for or those things that bring you joy and start by doing more of that. Yeah. And that you're not alone because I've been shocked by how many people like I thought we were like one in a million, you know what I mean? That have a big family doing our own businesses, wide age gaps. And now like I've got so many people in my community who are the same. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know you existed, you know? Right. It's so cool. I remember that about the first the first time our again, it's going back to big families. But the first time our family, we took a trip to Utah. (laughs) which typically demographically has larger families. Sure. And when we came home, Chris and I were looking at each other and we're like, that was the first time we traveled. We really didn't have people looking, like giving us weird looks. Like at the pool, everyone else had the same amount of kids or more than us. So we weren't the ones that everyone was looking at, you know, strangely. And just kind of the first time, like you said, you realize that, oh, we weren't alone in this. Right. It's the coolest. And then- Yes. And then I started finding others on social media or connecting with different ones like you Yeah, and being able to connect on a more personal level, but to say, yes, this is doable. And that was a passion of mine. I have to say that I didn't even know that I had until 
we experienced some pain and loss. Like growing up, I was always just kind of like, I'm going to have two. I'll have a girl and boy. I used to say that I was going to have twins, a girl and boy, and be done. Of course, I didn't have twins first, but now I do. (laughs) We're going to end. Yeah. But, you know, and then we had experienced some really traumatic loss in between the different kids. And it just opened me up to really... I don't even know necessarily how or why it changed. It wasn't a shift of like, I consciously thought I want two kids and changed to I want six kids because that wasn't ever anything that really crossed my mind or that I thought of. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that my heart had opened in a different way and my mindset had shifted in a different way to being open to something that maybe I wasn't open to before. Right. And desiring more of that, not to replace the loss. Right. But I felt like it just opened me up in a different way to say, there's more. And for me, I was meant for more in this area. Right. And it is kind of crazy how, I guess in that sense, the pain changed me and shifted me to be open to that. Exactly what pain does. And it's so hard when you're going through those losses because we experience them too to know that there could be beauty after, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? is like a really hard thing to understand. And then looking back now, you're like, wow, like it's interesting because that perspective shift is almost a gift. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like at least you can take the loss and and make it into something beautiful, you know? I mean, as hard as that is, but for sure. Right. And I think that it's hard to say because we don't want to sound harsh about it or Right. Like we want pain or we're wishing that on anyone because that's not the case. It never would be. But it's very true in the sense that it is a gift. And I think everyone in their own way experiences pain in different ways. Like we can have similarities in ours. I could have similarities with other people. But at some point in life, we're all going to experience it. We're all going to experience some kind of a loss or a grief or some kind of pain point. And I think at that point is to really kind of say, okay, is this something that, I mean, not maybe in the exact moment of it happening, (laughs) but am I going to allow this to define me in a way of allow it to to overtake me and stop me? Or am I going to allow it to help me grow? Yeah. Am I going to allow it to, you know, am I going to be able to turn this pain into purpose? Right. And a lot of times that purpose comes from knowing I can help someone else in this. Yeah. You know, through the pain, there there is purpose in it. Again, not that we would wish it on anyone, but right. I think the idea of turning pain into purpose is huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you 100%. What advice would you give to someone that is saying, like, I'm currently struggling with pain? I think you have to feel it all. Like, I think it's appropriate mm-hmm. to grieve it. Like, I mean, we absolutely grieved, you know, losing my mother-in-law and even, you know, I had two pregnancies of preeclampsia with my daughter. I had preeclampsia and help syndrome and I almost died grieving what I thought was the end of having children biologically. And that's when we went to adoption. And then, you know, grieving maybe what we thought the adoption was going to look like. And mm-hmm. then it being so much harder was another like place that we had to do that. And then we had three consecutive miscarriages and grieved each one of those. So it's like when you're in it, you got to just be in it and give yourself some grace, you know? And then I think after it's over, sometimes trying to find, you know, some people call the silver lining or a lesson, or like you said, take your pain and turn it into purpose, like make it mean something. So it was not for nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying is 
really essentially you have to feel to heal from it. You have to be able to feel those things first right. and allow that instead of just trying to bury them or shove shove those feelings off, yeah. <laughs> which again, I think goes back to being uncomfortable. Like it can be easier to just maybe pick up a coping mechanism mm-hmm. or something that can cover some of that pain or the grieving, but allowing yourself to feel it first so that you can heal from it and move on. Yeah. Before we go today, is there anything else that is kind of on your heart that you want to share or something that you really just want the women listening to know before we head off into the rest of our days? Because I think most people listening are busy, whether it's with businesses or babies or whatever it might be. But yeah, is there anything else on your heart you'd like to share? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that we're usually like our own biggest hurdle. Like we're usually the ones in our own way. Like there's nothing really stopping you. Like you actually can make all your dreams a reality if you put in the work, you know what I mean? And you've got the persistence. I mean, you can do it. Yes, I'm with you. I love that. Do it. We're going to do the work. We're going to stay persistent. Yes. We're going to keep our our eyes on the prize, I guess you could say, in that sense and overcome those obstacles along the way. Because we're worth it. We are. Yes. That's it. That's it. You're worth it. And I so appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I love watching what you do. So anyone listening, make sure you check out globalmunchkins.com and also Global Munchkins on social media. I think at Instagram, it's like global underscore munchkins. And then on TikTok, it's global munchkins. Everywhere else is global munchkins. Yeah. Perfect. So make sure you check it out because Amber and her whole family just bring a dose of joy to my days. And so I want that for you as well. And again, give her a like and a follow. And if this episode today resonated with you, make sure to share it with someone else. You know, we all go through pain again in different ways, through different obstacles and hurdles, but there is hope in it. There is hope through it. There is hope on the other side of it. And so if we can give you a little bit of that hope today, that's what we want. And in your life, as you're walking through those, Remember that, like you can bring someone else hope just by walking through the things that you're walking through. So no, you're not doing it alone or you're not doing it for nothing, kind of like Amber said earlier. And so thanks again for joining us and have a radiant day. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Radiant Womanhood. If you want more, head on over to radiantwomanhood.com for show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could take a few moments to rate and review the show. Don't forget to hit the follow button to stay updated on our latest episodes. Friend, I love hearing from you. So shoot me a DM at Instagram at Radiant Womanhood or at Tabitha Blue to carry on the conversation. And if you believe the remarkable women in your life could benefit from this episode, share the link with them to spread the love. Until next time, friend, keep shining.